Welcome to today's episode of the Dive Into Sports podcast. On today's episode, we talk the college football playoff. Uh, I'm officially dead inside. There's nothing left. Uh, guess that Browns quarterback. A new segment, worst quarterback in the league this season, and the return of on the bus, off the bus. <laughs> All right, LeVar Ball did another stupid thing. Well, it comes right after the Lakers shut him down from talking to the press. Yeah, so that's cool. There's a new LeVar Ball rule in the Lakers organization where the press can no longer talk to the guests of the players, and it's completely obvious that that is directed completely at LeVar Ball. Uh, But the real headline here is that LeVar Ball has pulled LiAngelo Ball out of UCLA for, I think, what he called it unfair treatment. Is this a big baller move? Uh, Yes, because... I also, when I break the law and get in trouble, I also agree that it's unfair. Doesn't make sense. Okay, to me so at all. so it's not a big bar move. When I'm going 20 over and get a speeding ticket, that's just a dick move by the cop. Like that's yeah. so unfair. I'm just late for work, dude. Chill out. Yeah, like what? I, uh, obviously, I don't think it's a big bar move. It shows that the UCLA manhandled you. So Lavar, I, sit I down. actually like that. That's a good. Uh, that's a good little plot twist on that one because Lavar is backing down to UCLA. Could Lavar Ball? Be right when he said he'll make him better, though. I don't know. Probably. He said, okay, so he said that he can make his son, the middle son, better than UCLA could. And he's I got think, a point to that. I think he has a point, but I think this dude is just doomed regardless because in the end, he's not that good of a basketball player. And the only reason he was going to UCLA in the first place is because his last name was Ball and his brother went there. No, it's okay because he'll just take a year and go play in China. Oh, wait. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I like that one. Yep. That's really good. Uh, all right, Giants have officially fired Ben McAdoo and their GM, Reese. I actually don't know his first name. Jerry Reese, maybe? It was be Ben that. and Jerry who got fired. There you go. Uh, uh, was it as was it the bad season that he got fired, or was it Eli Benching? I think it was the bad. He was getting fired one way or the other, and then Jim uh, Mara, the owner, was like, why the fuck did you just bench Eli? And he was like, I'm going to just do this now because you're pissing me off. Well, I think it definitely was Eli because the Giants, if you watch the game, they didn't play that bad. They had some costly turnovers like in their own like attacking. They were almost you know, getting points there. Almost. And Gino, Gino fumbled twice because no, no pass protection. So obviously e- Eli couldn't have done too much there to help. But I mean, overall, I think if Gino, if he wins last, uh, last weekend, if he won, then it would be a little different than maybe like an That's extra fair. week. Yeah. But it, it's inevitable that he was getting fired. Anyways. Exactly. And it's just it's just ridiculous that he benches Eli, breaks the streak, and then he gets fired. And then now Eli has his job back. So that's just... Who should replace him? That uh, Ben McAdoo. Who should replace him? Well, John Gruden? There's, of course, you're going to have the groomers uh, here and there. He's not going to come back. Bill Cowher's probably going to be thrown around there. He's not going to come back. Uh, but I think the top... Uh, head coaching candidate would it be is either the offensive coordinator at, for the Jaguars because surprisingly they're eight and four and I have no idea who the guy's name is but you know he's doing unreal things that no one expected Blake Bortles was capable of doing or you know you look at someone like the defensive coordinator for the Rams maybe I don't know I don't know actual candidates at this point but that's 
Does Tom? That's does Tom Coughlin come back? No, he's not going to leave Jacksonville. But historically speaking, when teams you know are above expectations, you look at the coordinators and then you give them a job, and they either pan out or they're Ben McAdoo. All right, let's move on to Gronk suspended one game for a late hit on a guy, a Bills. Tre'Davious White, the right. corner, who's the having a hell of a year, by the way. The gave rookie. him a concussion, right? Yeah, gave him a concussion. I have a couple questions here. One, if this isn't Gro- Ro- Rob Gronkowski, excuse me, and the Patriots, are we making a less deal about it? Like, if this isn't Gronk, if this isn't the Patriots, and you know what they've done in the past, like, are we, are we a little less? Worried about this situation. I don't think so because you see all those late hits and the fights from earlier in the year. Okay. And they were one game suspensions if they did not get kicked out right there, right then and there. Yeah. And Gronk didn't. Okay. So it's the same ruling. So moving on, if Tredavious White doesn't get a concussion, does anyone even give a shit? I th- I still think, or well, I think the Patriots would get away with it. Right. If, if, if he, he doesn't have a concussion, Gronk's not suspended. Yeah, he gets a flag on the fe- on the play, but everyone's like, "Oh, Gronk, wow." It's Gronk. Wow, stupid move. Like, so he did apologize, though, after the well, game yeah. in the locker room. But do you think he was actually sorry or just more scared no, of Belichick? Absolutely. I, no, completely he was sorry. And here's my third statement here. Obviously, it was a stupid hit. But can't we just for once understand that a player is human and got angry that he may or may not have, you know, Tredavious was holding him. He got frustrated and he acted out like a human being. And like like I said, it was a stupid thing, but you can't just say, Oh, Gronk's an idiot, classic Gronk. And if he what? wasn't if he wasn't so big, it wouldn't have been as big of a well, deal because it wouldn't have hurt him as much. But why is it why is it classic Gronk? Just because he parties, you're like, Oh yeah, he's because he's reckless. Doing stuff like that. That's, he's not, that's why. When has but he ever done any play like this on the field? He Going, hasn't. Yeah, exactly. But we're But he's just reckless he, in general. Because he's Gronk, we're all like, Oh, this guy's Gronk, whatever. I just don't think that's fair. Do you think Belichick will reduce his playtime though? Because he no, went, he, 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 I think Belichick knows that the one game suspension is good enough, and that's what Belichick would have well, done in the first place. There was a video that came out of Belichick and who's the coach for the Bills, Sean McDermott, that they were talking after the game, and, yeah. and Belichick goes, "Yeah, I know it's bullshit." Yeah, it was a so, bullshit hit, and he apologized. And but still, the one game suspension that's going to be enough for Bill Belichick, and it's a warranted one game suspension, and you just move on with your lives. All right, big news for you. Big news for me, Aaron Boone is hired as the Yankees' new manager, and actually I do love it because he's a legend for the Yankees. Uh, If you don't know, Game 7, ALCS, against Tim Wakefield, Aaron Boone hits a walk-off home run to go to the World Series against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, But in speaking of managerial status, honestly I don't think he'll have to do much because this team's going to be really good. But at the same sense, when he was with ESPN and working as an analyst and a color commenter on some games, he knows his stuff. He knows baseball. He's been around it his whole life. So I think it's a good hire. It's a safe hire. And, you know, I got a question for you, though. What is that? Will Aaron Judge be able to fit into the new offense that Boone runs? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll see. uh, We'll see how he shakes things up. Maybe he'll switch the formation. An actual question, though. Will he go down as one of the greatest managers in Yankees history because of this team is so stacked and young? Well, that's the thing. And I think I mentioned it on the podcast uh, in an earlier episode where. We saw it when Buck Showalter was the manager at the Yankees. The team was bad, but then you get players like Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, and Mariano Rivera, and you build around them, and then they fired Showalter. They brought in Joe Torre, and you had this star-studded lineup, you know, three future Hall of Famers on it, and as good of a manager as Joe Torre was, he was going to succeed whether he was good or not, and this could be the same case for Aaron Boone. If Judge is the real deal, if Clint Frazier turns out to be the real deal, if Galbert Torres turns out to be, you know, the, a stud shortstop that he's supposed to, and the team keeps playing like they have been, 
then he doesn't have to do anything. You just have to sit back. You have to sit back and let these players spit hit. seeds and just let them let them win exactly. games. But there's a lot. There's still a lot that goes into you know being a manager as a baseball team. So he's going to have to be competent, of course. And I think it was the right hire. Uh, but speaking of baseball, Shohei Otani, who we mentioned on the last podcast, the Japanese sensation, has ruled out Boston and New York as a landing spot. Not not Philly. So not not Philly. Uh, so I think this guy's an idiot because if you go to either of those teams, you're probably going to win a series. And he's narrowed the list down to teams. Uh, I believe one of them is the Dodgers, but the others you're looking at the Giants, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Angels. And there's another and the Cubs. So you got the Cubs and the Dodgers who are actual contenders, but the rest of the teams. No. Why why do you want to go there? Yeah, the Rangers have. Well, here's the thing: the Rangers have the most to offer him. Okay, because there's uh, the rule where you the posting money or something. It's really confusing. But the Rangers have the most to offer him. But Otani has been outspoken about not caring about the money. So it's, okay. for him, it's market and so we should all, contender. We should all like this guy. I, yeah, he I guess. He doesn't chase the money. But he's probably going to go to the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are just going to be better. And that's no one wants that. No one wants that. It's okay. Home. Kershaw will still choke. <laughs> there you go. All right. Moving on to college football. The Jake. final, final four. How you doing? Uh, I'll, we'll get to Wisconsin. Okay, we'll get to Wisconsin. But not, right now you got the top four, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Bama. And here's my take on this. I don't know what to think exactly. I'd love to say that the committee got it right in putting Bama over OSU. But to put Bama over OSU because OSU had one bad loss to Iowa, I just don't think that dick dictates to me that Bama deserves it more. OSU had a tougher schedule. They didn't play Mercer in November. That's true. And it's a hell of a lot harder to go into Iowa and get a win than it is to play at home against a bad LSU team and go to Mississippi and play an away overranked Mississippi State team. Those aren't good teams. But tell me, if you're looking on paper, I'm, who is the better team? Finish. Let me finish here, okay? Those aren't good teams. And I understand that Iowa loss was very massive, but OSU just beat a really good Wisconsin team. A team, if they had a quarterback, they'd be the best in the nation. No question about it. That's the best defense in the league. Best defense in the league, hands down. Okay? JT Barrett had a field day against Michigan. DJ Haskins had a field day against Michigan. Dwayne Haskins, sorry, the backup. And JT Barrett struggled against this Wisconsin team. Say what you want about the surgery. Whatever. But what the committee just did is they said they threw a whole wrench in the conference championship argument. They said that the wins and losses mean a hell of a lot more than anything else. And when you look at that, OSU had better wins than Bama. Bama doesn't have a signature win. Their chance to get a signature win came against Auburn, and they blew it. The problem I have with Bama, the biggest problem I have, is that they didn't even win their half of the SEC. Exactly. they made it in. That's the point. That's them throwing a wrench and saying, I don't give a shit about this conference championship. We just love Bama. OSU has, exactly. They have a bad loss, and we're going to say Bama's better on paper with the eye test just because OSU went into Iowa, which Penn State almost lost there. And they lost by 31 points. But, I mean, it's the eye test. That's their okay. job is, like, they get some factors and they look at it and they go, well, Bama, shoot, look at their last couple years. They still have some of those same players. Jalen Hurts is there. And he's they've won loss late in the year. They had no time to bounce back from it. They had no time to show what kind of a team they could be. See, and they, that was their first loss in a long time. Long since time. the national championship. Right. I understand that. But... The thing that the committee needs to do now is keep consistent with this because what I okay. what I can see happening is that we can get a seriously similar situation next year. And that team, maybe it's not Bama. And they get, if it's not Bama, maybe they put OSU in there. And that's what worries me, that they're doing this. They're doing this eye test bullshit just because it's Bama. 
And now, honestly, I think Bama would beat Ohio State. I think they're a better team. But what you've seen the last four years is that you aren't taking into effect wins and losses purely. You're taking into a resume, conference championship, strength of schedule. And now this year, you're throwing you're throwing that all away just to put Bama in. It seems... I feel un- I don't want to say unfair. I don't want to say conspiracy at all to you know degrade the committee, but really, OSU not OSU over. You I know? really feel bad for not Ohio, not Ohio State, but I feel bad for like Auburn because they beat Bama and then got beat by Georgia in the championship game, which means they you know they had to beat Bama to get there, and then they right. get below Bama on the on the rankings. And I guess. If you're really looking at it, though, I want Bama in instead of Auburn, and I've had some time to think about this now. I really do think Bama at four is a good selection. It's just tough because some people don't get in. There's going to be arguments. Your team's not in. It's tough, but Bama deserves... I want to see them you know, compete at the highest level here because I want to really see Nick Saban lose or win <laughs> it all go. again. Uh, we get Clemson-Bama round three. It's going to be a big game. Uh, Jalen Hurts has the experience over Kelly Bryant, but that Clemson defense is really good. The last thing I have here is that if OSU loses to Iowa in Iowa by three, OSU makes the playoff. That's Don't the way think? it goes, though, sometimes. But you're what you're saying is that you're not giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt against Iowa, but you're giving Bama the benefit of the doubt, it's more of a, of the doubt against Auburn. It's more of a lack of respect for the Big Ten. I would agree with that. But Which it, is tough, but there's a lot of really good teams but the SEC has those like really like those three really like better than Big Ten teams, and then the rest is just awful, right? Which is the t- the problem you're having. But those teams who are even at the bottom have an experience have have experience of upsetting those top three and and knocking them off and playing in those big moments. Every SEC team comes after the top three, and it's not an easy game no matter who you are. And that's where right. it's the difference. Big Ten, though, every game is competitive no matter who you are as well. It's just more average. They're closer. They're, they're really close. It's competitive. Like the AFC right now in the NFL, they're very close and competitive, but they're not, are they the best conference? No. Right. NFC is the best teams. More more teams who could go on and win the Super Bowl. But, right. So that's, and you're right. You're right. But Iowa doesn't lose to a team like Troy. You know, they lose to Penn State. LSU losing to Troy is a lot bigger of a deal than the committee's making it, I think. And you're right. They just don't respect the Big Ten, and they think the rest of the teams in the SEC are a lot better than they are, and I just don't agree with that. What's your thoughts on Wisconsin, though? All right, now, before I move on to the actual game and dissecting it, I want to let you guys know the disappointment that I have faced in my sports life. So we're going to start since the Yankees won the series in 2009, because I barely remember that, okay? All right. We're going to start since then. I'll start with the Redskins. I've seen, them go to, I've seen them go to the playoffs twice. I have not seen them win a single playoff game. I've experienced the worst front office in all of sports, and I don't even have hope for this team anymore. Browns low. They just fucking suck. They just suck. After the Yankees won the series, it was all rebuilding for them. All right? And then you finally get back to prominence this year. A gut-wrenching Game 7 loss. Gut-wrenching. Heartbreak. Wisconsin basketball. Under Bo Ryan became an absolute powerhouse. But you know what else they did? They let me down as much as they could. Since 2010, here's their tournament. They were upset to Cornell, who was a 12 seed. Three sweet sweet 16 exits. Another upset by a 12 seed Ole Miss. Then you lose to Kentucky in the Final Four. Next year, after beating the number one team in the tournament, the er, undefeated Kentucky, you lose to Duke in the national title. Now, again... After beating the number one team in the tournament against Villanova, we have a dead shot. We play Florida, who's overrated. South Carolina, who's not even good. A dead shot to the Final Four again. Florida wins on a buzzer beater. 
heartbreak. And now they just suck. So what am I going to look forward to there? Uh, Badgers football. They lost three straight Rose Bowls, 2010, 2011, 2012. That's three straight. You might as well call them the Buffalo Bills of college football. Continuing, we rebuild, okay? We win a Holiday Bowl. We we win the Champ Sports Bowl. All right, and now we're back to, again, like basketball, we're back to prominence here. We're doing it. You know what we do? We blow it against Penn State, a chance at the playoff, and now Ohio State, a guaranteed shot at the college football playoff. All you do is win. And you lose the game. I I just I'm just consistently heartbroken and I don't know how long it's going to take me to get over this loss but I'm just depressed. I'm still convinced it's Hornybrook's fault. But that's up okay. for debate. I well here. I don't the thing is is that I don't think a, a team of mine's ever going to win anything important ever again in my life and I don't even care about the Orange Bowl because that's the way college football works nowadays. If you're not in the top 4 then who cares about this meaningless Orange Bowl game. Uh here here you go. All, Alex Hornibrook is a bad quarterback. Yes, you're completely right. At if times. He, if he plays at times, if he plays average throughout the whole game, we win the football game probably by 10 plus points. You are correct. I even more than that. His first pick was a stupid throw. It was Troy Fumagalli running a fade in the back of the end zone. Why aren't you throwing it to the pylon? You he tried to throw a back shoulder and he gave the Ohio State corner a pick. Just killed the whole drive on the 10-yard line. A stupid throw. You got to you got to give Fumagalli a chance, am I right? You got to give him a chance to catch the ball. I don't even care about that necessarily. I'm more. I'm just upset of the last drive when you have it. Well, no matter what you do in right. the game, you have a chance to drive down and what win the game, right? And it's you know you get that penalty, it pushed you back to like first and twenty five. Ohio State's not going to press you on first and twenty five. You got to know the situation, right? And look for a inside pass for about seven to eight yards and make it playable. And it's a four down territory. You got to understand that he completely wasn't well, aware of that. One of the plays here, and this is the problem. He made some decent throws throughout the game. Now he missed five screen passes. I think it was to a running back that's three yards yep. away from you. That's just disgusting, disgusting. All right. And before I get to the last play, the holding call there. I want to say something about the defense is that the defense throughout the whole year is they were so dominant, so good, never gave up a big play. And of course, they gave up three in this game because Wisconsin can't win big games. And that's just the way it is. Now, I hate to say this, but I'm blaming Jim Leonard for that. I think he sat the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin. I think he sat back extremely too much. He didn't play any aggressive. He didn't have any aggressive play calls. And it just didn't seem like this team, like it almost seemed that he wanted JT Barrett to score and he was scared of JT Barrett. And he didn't think that he could be aggressive in getting him. And you had like three third downs on that last drive where they got the three. You know JT Bear is keeping it. And one of them, yeah, we missed the tackle. But the other were sitting back. And he just walked into the first down, you know, walked over the first down. So it just was so frustrating watching this, you know, extremely great defense sit back against this team. And now on that last drive, on that holding call by Dieter or however you pronounce that, it was a hold. It was a bad hold. But you know what else happened there? The most blatant, most obvious pass interference that was never called in my entire life. So he the penalties was, would have canceled out. Penalties would have canceled out, and you're looking at a first and ten. I do agree the penalties should have canceled out. He was tackled before the ball even got to him. He was tackled. He did not trip. He was tackled. But was what happened awful first? call. It doesn't matter what it happened matter. first. Because no, he might even catch that ball. Okay. If he catches the ball, yeah, holding. But no. Pass interference. That's the way you play the game. Penalties offset. It's a whole new ball game at that point. A whole new ball game. Hey, Jake, guess what? Don't say it. There's always next year. Oh, fuck you. I well, hate let's move you. on to a lighter topic. A little more fun. Returning for a second time, 
guess the Browns quarterback. So if you haven't, you know, heard it before, we're basically going to say a stat line and describe a performance by a Browns quarterback, and we have to guess that name. All right, I'm going to go first here. All right, 2009 season. In one of the worst games of all time in NFL history, the Browns pulled out a 6-3 win over the Bills, and this quarterback went 2-17 of 17 with a pick and posted a 1.7 QBR. That's horrendous. One of the worst I've ever seen. Ready for my pick? What's who you're guessing? Seneca Wallace. Very, very close. It's Derek Anderson. Oh. I think Seneca Wallace actually played that year, but it was Derek Anderson. Uh, surprisingly, Derek Anderson made it to a Super Bowl. Who would have thought? But he also posted the 1.7 QBR. So that's what we're gonna remember. All right. Um, mine is from 2005 against Detroit. Close thriller. They lost 10 to 13 to the Lions. Hmm. Right. Heartbreaking for the Browns. 10 completions, 19 attempts, 73 yards, 3 interceptions. Mm. Had a passer rating of 22. All right, so it's he, he's a super, in the 2005 And, and this season. quarterback has won a Super Bowl before. In the 2005 season. Yep. He's a Super Bowl champion. A Super Bowl champion. For the Browns. Well, he obviously didn't win one with not, the Browns. Not for the, not, not, he didn't win it for Was the Browns. He passed his prime, clearly. I don't think he ever had a prime. He's a Browns Trent Dilfer. Yep. Yes. Let's go. I got it. I once you said Pat. I, once you said didn't have a prime. I knew it. I had it. You had to have. I it. I had it. Trent I knew. Dilfer. I, so I made it close. I knew you. You had to guess this. Speaking one. of Browns quarterbacks or bad quarterbacks, excuse me. He is one of the worst quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl. I think. Is he? It has to be one of one of one the of worst. them. One of them. Cause that well, look at the defense. Ray Lewis prime, Ed Reed prime. We're gonna, gonna have, have to look at that thing. one time. Yeah, we will one of these times. But I'm convinced he's one of the worst. Let's go to the worst starting quarterbacks so far of this season. Okay, so we're gonna debate what this. What dictates out. it is that all you have to do is start a game of football. Yep. In this season, I wanted to say Kirk Cousins here. I really did, oh and gosh. I could make a good argument that no. he is the worst. But I'm not gonna. I'm going with Trevor Simeon. Kid okay. Dude has, coming into the year, he had probably one of the best defenses in the league. And he can't even be remotely competent. He's not even close. 13 picks, 11 touchdowns, but aside from the stats, the guy is just so bad. I mean, if you're watching the Broncos game, when he drops back to pass, you're like, no way this is a five-plus yard pass. There's just no way he's completing it. And you can't blame his, uh, his weapons. Demarius Thomas is a great receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is solid. I think he's been hurt. But still... He's truly an embarrassment. The, to the team league. has no confidence in him, though. Exactly, but no one does because he's a bad quarterback. Didn't he go three and zero to start the season? I'm pretty sure the Broncos yeah, went and three and zero. Yeah, because they had. Uh, I don't think schedule. actual talent against them. Uh, they went against the Raiders, who had EJ Manuel. Oh, okay. and the defense actually could do something. I mean, nowadays you go three and out, and it's the defense. The defense is probably playing 40 minutes a game. See, I still think the worst quarterback to start is Nathan Peterman from the Bills. Because his season st- uh, season stats as a starter, 6 of 14, 66 yards, 5 INTs, 17 pass rating. Come on. Five he, made, I, he made it a half. That's, he's, that's not even a full game. That's Brown's status. That's Yeah. He, should, he belongs on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Uh, but he did beat Clemson, so he gets, no, he gets passed. No. No, that's college. <laughs> this uh, season. No, it's, Peterman is truly – he yeah – He's something else. He went in a bad. He, sense. Went, he went viral on Twitter. 
Yeah, with the five picks in the first half. I mean, it's a stat line that you don't believe. You're like, there's no way. It's like when Julio it Jones. It can't be that bad. It's like when Julio Jones has 300 yards, and you're like, oh, my God, that's unreal. But and then ne- and the next week has zero? And, yeah. In this sense, you're like, there's no way he threw five picks in the first half. That's just not possible. That's like you're playing Madden. Like the only and you just chuck it up there yeah. every time. You're just like sending a flyer out. And your first time playing. Catch. Your first time playing Madden yes. on all Madden. Yes, your and first you time. just you try yes. to drive and you can't. Exactly. All right, moving on, on the bus off the bus here. Uh, first one, Herm Edwards was officially hired as the Arizona State head coach. How do you feel about that? I am so on the bus. The first interview, he made headlines and went. It was all over social media. I don't even know what was going on. He was just going crazy. And he, it's back. He's back. He's back. He is back. When he was the head coach of the Jets, uh, and they were bad, and ever I think a question was asked where he was like, "Are you trying to win?" And he freaked out, and he was like, "We're playing football. You play football, win oh, games." He did say that today. We were playing football. I play. I coach football. I coach uh, football. He said that. Yep. And so that's that's what he said uh, before. But I as well is I'm very on the bus with Herm Edwards. I think he's a solid coach, and I think in college when you're recruiting. To say that you've been in the NFL and to say you know what it takes to get to the NFL, a lot of recruits are going to want to go to. Uh, and I don't. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to say that Hermeter is going is going to take this team to a powerhouse, but maybe like a nine, ten win season here and there. So exciting. Right, fair for fair enough. State. It, it's going to be interesting regardless. Yeah. All right. Next one. Are you on the bus or off the bus about Geno Smith's benching? Uh look, I'm off. All right. I think this guy has a lot of potential, and his potential is through the roof. We just haven't even seen him play in the same galaxies below average, but it's coming, all right? You just wait. Someday, this guy is not going to be the worst quarterback ever. See, Someday. I'm also off the bus because man, he's the future. He's the future. You got you to give him a chance if he's the future. Honestly, uh, on a serious note, there was actually an article where this guy said that Geno Smith actually is going to be good and his stats in early in his career are almost exactly like drew Brees. so he said that he's going to become drew Brees, and i don't think i've read a more appalling article in my life well going back not not about that article but going back to the game when i talked about the two fumbles he had it was like three seconds and he couldn't throw it and he sacked and that that ruined the game they lost by a touchdown jake those two were close to the red zone and he lost it because bad blocking. So he didn't play that bad. I know. Well, for Gino, I was very impressed. But, yeah, there's the thing. But you're it's thinking like Eli probably would have avoided that and stepped into the pocket better. I hope Eli Manning like wins out. Not only does it just screw the Giants' chances of getting a good quarterback, and that would make my heart sing. It would also shove one right up McAdoo's ass. I mean, that'd then, be so funny. And then make you think. Um, is yeah, Eli he's elite. back, and then you're going to keep him, and then it's going to be the same thing next year. I, that would make my dreams come keep true. Keep the cycle going. Exactly. All right, uh, on the bus, off the bus, uh, Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Now, there's been a lot of talk about if if he's a good fit, if he's the right coach, and for me, I'm easily staying on. I think it's not, just idiotic to say Jim Harbaugh should not be the coach at Michigan. He's One, he's Jim Harbaugh. He's made it to a Super Bowl. Two, he's you know very good at Stanford. He was. Uh, you can say what you want about Andrew Luck, okay, but he's the right guy. Do me this. Tell me who the Michigan quarterback is. Exactly. If he Jack has a o- yeah, if he is a good quarterback, Michigan will win the title, and I honestly believe that because he will get that guy playing at another level. He's gotten these third stringer court third string quarterback to play on another planet. Yeah, it's I mean, it's he, unreal. 
And I mean, Brandon Peters went down, so you look. We're you're looking for. Are you're working with a third string quarterback, and that's just not fair to blame Jim Harbaugh. And they almost beat Ohio State. If they have remotely decent quarterback play in that game, they win that game. Simple as that. Uh, another thing is that uh, Colin Coward has been outspokenly against Jim Harbaugh. I think I don't know if it's like a lot, but there was this one thing he was arguing how at Stanford it was the team and not him. And he he referenced David Shaw being able to continue to succeed at Stanford, but why can't David Shaw just be a good head coach too? Like it's very plausible that they're both just good head coaches. And Stanford, it seemed Stanford to me that, found another one. Yeah, it seemed to me that Coward just dismissed his you know success at San Francisco because he yep. made Alex Smith and he made Colin Kaepernick. Simple as that. So I'd say firing Jim Harbaugh is the worst thing Michigan could possibly well, do. Who would you replace him with? Uh, you missed everybody who's good right now. Yeah. No, maybe a Chip not. Kelly, but gone. Uh, speaking of, we forgot to put in the headlines, so you're getting a bonus one at the end here. All right. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, worst human being in the planet. That man can uh, – He, I hope he goes to A&M and just fucking sucks. What a terrible human being. So Texas A&M's coach, who was it again? Sumlin? Kevin Sumlin. So he might, who might get the job at UCF. And he might get the job at Florida State. No, I don't think he will. He's they're interviewing him. Okay, well, a little coach swap. But Jimbo, my man, not anymore. No, not no. You were my man. Why did you leave? Well, it's why there's seventy two million reasons in his bank account. I just think that the whole thing is just dirty and scummy to it just is. leave. It is, especially was, before the end of the season. You know, was, finish yeah. the season now. Come on, he man. was getting paid clearly enough money at Florida State. But he had to take the five-year, $72 million deal and just become that jackass. You know what? Next year, Florida State's going to run your ass. No, I hope he goes to A&M and Nick Saban just shoves it down his throat every single year. And that's saying something for oh. me because I hate Nick Saban. I might, le- I might like Nick Saban yeah, for it, a game. It, the only time I'll ever enjoy Nick Saban winning a football game is when he destroys Texas A&M. All right. So, the moment you've all been waiting for. First show of December. First it's here. show in December. All right. I have everybody's name into a random list that's going to generate who wins these tickets. And basically, if you win it, you need to contact us within two days or we're going to give it to someone else. So you have to be listening. You have to see your name. You have to hit us up. And if you're second, you better be licking your chops waiting for someone not to to hit us up. So without further ado, the winner of the tickets... His name's Binks. 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 <laughs> what the hell is that? What the hell? At Wazite Louie. Okay. There you go. That's a Twitter handle. Congratulations, D- yeah. Binks. Congratulations. You got two days. Two days, and then we'll, should we announce the second one right now? Well, second one right now? Julia Bove. All right. So both of you, Julia, pay attention. All Be right. listening up for next show. If it's been two days. We're going to tweet at you, and then you contact us right back. But Binks... I hope that's a nickname. Really do. Yeah, really do. <laughs> Rough. But contact us the next two days, and you'll get the tickets. All right. Simple as that. Otherwise, guys, that's the show today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, visit our Twitter, Dive into Sports. Uh, visit our website, DiveIntoSports.com. Maybe over winter break, we'll actually have a lot of articles for you. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm not, not promising anything. Can't promise it. Can't promise we'll, it. We'll anything. try our best. Old we college really try. Otherwise, thanks, guys. Tree. The wise are loud, the big black crow, flap of their wings sing.